1: southern miss to the, to the top you're tuned in to the eagle hour
0: it's wednesday another edition of the eagle hour on super talk mississippi luke johnson kelly sander michael mergens from the uh, from the southern Bancor studios in wall and hattiesburg bob out today some meetings nathan lee the super intern sitting in the hattiesburg studios uh, with us also, good show for you today. Patrick McGee coming up as uh, from NOLA.com. So he joins us every week. Uh, Heath Hinton will join us just in a few minutes from uh, from Big Old
1: Nation, uh, but but Kelly Center third segment today in the studio with you in Hattiesburg special interview. We're going to be talking with uh, Judge uh, Tony Mazingo, who has given up a seat on the circuit court bench to become the new executive director of Homes for Hope. Super Talk Mississippi has partnered with Homes for Hope. We're trying to provide uh, Christmas for the kids there, and we want to tell you how you can get, get involved either by donating toys or food, canned food, and so we're going to be talking with Tony Mazingo, the new Executive Director of Homes for Hope, a little bit later on.
0: Good stuff. So that's uh, coming up in uh, just a few minutes. First segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Dickie's Barbecue. Cooked locally near you, loved everywhere. The hometown team in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, just outside Turtle Creek Mall, out on 98 West, but uh, Dickie's in your neighborhood and they can cater also. Upcoming Christmas events, holiday events, let Dickies cater and always uh, when you go inside eat in the store get some of that free ice cream and appreciate Dickey's barbecue sponsorship of the eagle hour. Heath Hinton joins us as he does weekly. I had to push him back a couple of days because of Will Hall yesterday and Jeremy or Will Hall Monday, Jeremy McLean yesterday. If you missed those uh interviews, we'll tell you a little later in the program how you can listen to them. But uh Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation joins us. Heath um almost like College free agency opening this week with the transfer portal. Uh, Golden Eagles uh, got two players uh, commit on Monday. Other than Richard, uh, do we know of anybody else that has announced for the transfer portal yet from Southern Miss?
2: No, and I, and I probably you probably wouldn't expect to see much till after the bowl game. And then you'll see a bunch of guys, uh, if they're going to go into the portal, go in at that point. Kids want to experience a bowl, man. This has been a long time for Southern Miss. So, uh, uh, you know, for being on the team, they get this, great, uh, get this great surprise. And, look, they want to enjoy it. So I would expect to see more enter the portal, uh, if any are, after the bowl game.
0: Eagles get a quarterback transfer, Holman Edwards, if uh, that name rings a bell. Listeners, that's because he's actually from French Camp, Mississippi, played two years at East Central, uh, was recently the number two at Houston, and then uh, Jalen Sims, um, who played, I believe, at Colin Community College. Uh, some linebackers also, Heath, as you talk about those two guys, got news the other day that looks like Swayze Bozeman and Hayes Maples will be back next year, too.
2: Yeah, I mean, come on. That's that's a great that's great news for Southern Miss fans. Two guys that played a high level, got injured. Uh, Blazy big-time leader on the team, and so is Hayes Maples at linebackers. So, uh, great pickup, and then, look – they're going out the portal, Got the linebacker from Memphis coming in. I think that was a great move for them. They're going to they're gonna have to attack the portal. They're going to have to get some linebackers, some DBs, um, and then the offensive, offensive side of the ball. They're going to go after some offensive linemen. And, of course, uh, you talk about Holman Edwards, the quarterback, who I think is a great pickup for him. a 6'3", 220-pound uh a uh, kid that can make all the throws, can run. So, a guy that feels a lot of needs. They're, they're going to. This portal's going to be fun for Southern Miss. They do a good job. You're looking at probably 60 percent high school, 40 percent portal, uh, when it comes to this recruiting class. I got to see the uh, the yeah.
0: ball game coming up on the 17th, and then uh, signing day right after that.
1: And I got to say something about Hayes Maples. Now, here's a guy that's that's blown out his ACL in two successive years. It would be so easy for him or any other athlete to just say, you know what, I'm done. This, My body's just not cooperating. Not this guy. Man, he's tough as a $2 steak. And it's like the more he gets injured, the more he comes back and says, I am going to play. This is going to happen. I am going to contribute. Man, I think that says a lot about that kid.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I love the tough as a $2 steak, Bring out some WWE reference right there Jim Ross. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, I mean, you're correct. Just tough, hard-nosed, uh, leader, just, just a great kid.
1: Where are we going from here, <laughs> guys? I, no, just I just
0: talking to you. I was thinking about recruiting. Um, we Right now, with Edwards coming in, Heath, we've got two other quarterbacks. Um, and, and the Crawford kid, I want to talk about Ethan Crawford for a minute uh, from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, 5'11", 202. He's dual threat. And I mean he's another big quarterback recruit for Will Hall. Had offers to Central Florida, UAB, Mississippi State, Maryland, Kentucky, Georgia Tech. I mean, this is a guy, it looks like he's gonna enroll in the spring. Um, another freshman, but I mean you got Edwards coming in. It just it just seems like, you know, we will see Maybe guys like Allison, guys like T Webb, and then we've even talked about, you know, Trey Lowe uh, you know, working more on his doctorate, but it just seems as if there's gonna be a lot of turnover in the uh, in the quarterback room. Do you think there will be any surprises about who transfers out?
2: I I don't know if immediately there will be. I mean you're talking to Trey Lowe, he did walk with the seniors, so usually when that happens another classman walks, that means that uh, you know, they're hanging up their cleats after the season. So I, I would think that he's probably uh, not going to be here next year. But I think what's going to happen is I think in spring you're going to see some guys uh, who maybe uh, do not have a – legit, not we'll say a legitimate role, but do not have a specialized role in the offense. Uh, I think you're going to see those guys hit the portal. So I think what you're going to see is spring practice. You're going to see a lot of competition at quarterback and they'll come out of there with depth, and, and the guys that don't uh, make the cut, you'll see them hit the transfer portal then. I think that's what's going to happen, and then, then you may see some surprises of who hits the portal yeah. because of how things work out in the spring.
0: Kelly, we were talking, the switch into basketball, we were talking before we went on air, net rankings came out yesterday, Southern Miss now up to 26.
1: This This whole transformation of the basketball program, in my opinion, can't be overstated it 's the the basketball program nearly flatlined last year, three years of misery, right nearly like I said, nearly dead on arrival now you 've got this team that is not just good but they're they 're beating good teams they 're winning on the road, the statistical categories that they need to play well in they 're playing well and now the crowds are beginning to pick up. It's amazing how winning cures a lot of things. And they've got schedule-wise coming up a home and home with Lamar, which are two winnable games. The McNeese game is certainly winnable. Then you got some more deep water that you're going to have to swim in out in UNLV. So even if you were to go three and one, you know you're looking at this team. You're looking at this team with into double-digit wins before they even hit the conference and when you look at the ratings that luke johnson mentioned just a moment ago guess who a lot of these these uh rankings guess who they have as the number one team in the sun belt the number one team in the sun belt southern miss folks southern miss dead last last year we may be looking at a worst to first story this year
2: did very well uh what the basketball team's done this year has been pretty outstanding. Uh, bringing those guys in that they did the Hases, the Crowley, what, you know, those guys have turned into the stars of the team. And look, you can't you can't overstate how good the basketball team has been for what they've been the past three years. Now there's a lot of basketball left to be played, yes, but the turnaround at this point—they're at eight wins. They were at seven wins last year. Uh, You know, the past three seasons under Ladner, they went from nine wins to eight wins to seven wins. They're already at eight wins this year. That's incredible. And, yeah, just to be ranked at 26th RPI, that's – I promise you, that wasn't – if that was – somebody was going to take that bet that it took it in Las Vegas
1: before the season started. Luke, if this team has, has a weakness, could it be lack of depth?
0: Uh, in in some way, I think it's probably a lack of depth in shooting. Although Ivory is as uh, you know has been in and out of the starting five, but I mean, as far as bigs, I mean, you got four, you know, and and when you start mixing Harrison and um, other one losing on Mormon, you know, down low, yeah. I think that you just could get in trouble if if you have a if you have a guard position that takes injury.
2: Yeah, I would say ball handling is a lack of depth there. I think uh, getting Alvarez back will help with that. I I think uh, having another ball handler up there that can help break presses and can score, um, I I think that's the issue that they really would like to get Alvarez back to help there because sometimes their ball handlers don't score as much and they're not a threat, so defenses aren't really – Concerned with them on the offensive side of the ball. I think if they get Alvarez back, I think that'll make a difference, also, and open things up in the middle for uh, yeah. Heath, real you, quick, you know, ten... Hase and Crowley. Hate
0: to cu- hate to cut you off. About ten seconds left. What what do we know about Alvarez? What what's his what's the update on him?
2: Uh, last time I spoke to Coach Ladner, he said that uh, hoping he's week to week, but they're hoping to get him back by conference. They believe they're going to get him back by conference. By the time Good conference stuff. play starts. All
0: right, man, appreciate it. Next week's Bowl Week. We'll catch up with you then. Thanks for your time.
2: All right, guys. Y'all have a wonderful day.
0: That's uh, Heath Hinton of Big Gold Nation. You can be an insider. Big Gold Nation. SouthernMiss.Rivals.com. We'll step aside, talk a little Saints football. Patrick McGee also uh, on Southern Miss Bowl appearance against Rice. That coming up after this on the Eagle Hour.
3: Miss to the top.
0: Eagle Hour continues on a Wednesday. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Michael Murgins from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. And a warm, hot December downtown Laurel. But uh, at least it's not raining, right, Kelly? I mean, it could be, could be worse. Uh, it could be 99% humidity outside rather than the 89% humidity it is right now.
1: And anybody that uh, has ever lived north of the Mason-Dixon line, you know, we, we don't want to talk about those people a whole lot because they don't deserve our time. But in the winter, and there's two
3: of them in the same room. Uh, right uh,
1: now. <laughs> yes. But in the wintertime, we always agreed, Mark, didn't we grow up up there that rain beat the all the colder alternative?
0: That's true. Until it started raining and then got cold at the same time, and then it turned to ice.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. So, just couldn't. Win. Well, it's better. Than it, here. Was, yeah. it,
0: it was it was a sign of the times yesterday. It was eighty degrees, and the snow cone stand was open here, yeah. uh, in in oh, L.A. Wow. So that's all wow. you need to know. Merry Christmas, down, y'all. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Exactly right. Go down to uh, New Orleans where they do have uh, good snow cones. By the way, Plum Street Snowballs is the best uh, for me in Uptown. Patrick McGee joins us from NOLA.com, as he does every week. And Patrick, before we uh, get to the Saints, going to try to put that off uh as long as I can to uh, to erase the pain from the other night. What what do you what do you say about uh Will Hall getting a bowl invite Southern Miss with six wins, they double their wins and it's pretty, you know, spectacular when you think about, you know, the offensive woes of the season, the revolving door at the quarterback position.
4: Yeah, it's it's significant, you know, that that defense uh, really kind of put them in this position, and, and the player Frank Gore at running back up for, for Will Hall to do this in year number two was a significant step forward. I know there's probably looking back on the season. Hall's a little bit frustrated about this and that, but it's no way to, you know, the, the only way to put it is it's really a positive step. And the good news is that fans don't have to travel very far, go to Mobile. I know they'd probably rather be playing somebody other than a five and seven Rice team, but. Uh, it, it's a good deal. I, I kind of expected them to go to Mobile all along once they hit bowl eligibility, and it worked out for him. And, and it's just another opportunity to kind of reinforce what he's doing and, and, and Will Hall to kind of put this, te- put this team on a uh, big ESPN stage and, and, and see if he can make a better, uh, a larger case for the program.
0: How significant, looking back now that the season's over, how significant for him – uh, was that two lane win? I mean, at the time, we're like, "Oh, this is a good yeah. win." But I mean, this is a team playing <laughs> the Cotton Bowl now.
4: Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, if you go back through Southern Miss history, whether it's SEC teams they've beaten or I, I don't know if they've ever beaten a team uh, that it, that has gotten to you know in, in the regular season that has gotten to say a Cotton Bowl or a Sugar Bowl. That's that, that would be an interesting thing to research. I'm sure probably Ole Miss uh, back in the seventies. Uh, it might be a good a good candidate for something like that. So yeah, that's 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 pretty. You know, when you can kind of point to a win like that, it is a feather in the hat of Will Hall and, and something he can tell recruits. And the, and it, it it stinks for the Sun Belt Conference because I really don't have much doubt that Troy uh, could could beat a lane team. You know, uh, uh, it's just uh, the Sun Belt is a deeper and better conference. Uh, than say the i'd say it's a deeper i maybe not better but it's just a deeper conference and it's just tough to get through and 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 compete for and conference usa had that same problem back in the day but troy's a very good football team and i think they could beat Tulane myself
1: and the green wave dare i say had a crowd patrick they actually yeah. had a crowd at Yeoman stadium when they beat yeah, central florida
4: yeah, you know they, you know they showed up when they're winning. Uh, they weren't really there early in the season. They're winning, but whenever they got, I guess that eight nine win threshold, they, they you know, a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon. So, uh, hopefully, you know Tulane can build off this and and build something there with Willie uh, Fritz apparently coming back as head coach. Uh, hopefully, you'll see more season ticket sales and more people showing up early in the season next
1: year. All right, because I'm not as big a Saints fan as you and Luke, I will bring Go up ahead. the elephant in the room. Go ahead. Uh, the disastrous finish the other night in Tampa. I get so tired of hearing people, oh, the GOAT, the GOAT. I'm going, yeah, the GOAT just beat one of the worst teams in the league, as it turns out. in uh, a team that really had shut the GOAT down a majority mm-hmm. of that game, if there was ever any doubt, in my opinion, Patrick, that the Saints are n- no longer now, even in the playoff picture, to me it is now set in my mind, they're done.
4: Yeah, I mean, they're done. If they had won that game, they'd actually have you know, a semi-decent chance right. of kind of moving forward as a team that can contend in the division, but they're done. Uh, and it's just another example of losing football. Uh, they've had multiple games this season where you think they're playing a, a winning brand of football, but they just come back and just fall apart at certain points of the game, and, and things just go south and just so happen to be at the very end of the game. Uh, you know, are just moments in the game whether there's 12 men in the huddle uh you know marking room coming up a yard short uh a first down which i mean the new state to today is apparently marking room uh, season is over uh he sh- suffered a partial t- tear to his mcl uh potentially his time in new orleans as a whole is over so uh yeah it was just man it's this, this <laughs> the hits the shots just keep coming this season for the saints it's it was just never destined to be, and you kind of got that feeling. <clears throat> Maybe even in the second or third week of the season, that's just snowballed from there.
1: Yeah, and, and Luke, it's even more pathetic that a lot of Saints fans called this before it ever happened. They said, "You watch, Tampa's going to come back and win this game." I go, "How I do you? Know, how do you know?" <laughs> I knew it when we went three and out really
0: quick, and and I was just like, I, I look, and and when you got to understand, Patrick, my wife Lauren. Yells or makes more noise than I do when we're watching Saints games. I mean, she, she will lock in and I told her, I said, watch, this is what's going to happen and, and drove down and got it real quick. You're up 13 points with three minutes to go. But at that point, Patrick, what was it? It was two or three offensive possessions that we kicked field goals, uh, inside the, uh, the 20 yard line. And it, it's almost, right. it replicated a few of the earlier Southern Miss games earlier in the year when you were like, we should have scored a touchdown there.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that 12 man in the huddle call, I believe, was, what, inside the five yard line or yes. something like that? Um, yes. And that was just, <laughs> that's an example of just losing football. Uh, they had them, you know, they had them. I mean, they just had them and they just let them back in it. And they, uh, you know, you can't do that with Tom Brady. And uh, he was going to take full advantage in that situation. He was really frustrated. He was getting his butt beat. Uh, he was screaming on the sideline and, and just, and that three and out gave it back to him. I thought the play calling there on the three and out was particularly bad. Even awesome. on the, you know, I, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't disagree with them passing the ball, but one of those, those play calls to where they just, you know, got in basically a jumbo formation and, and the guys, you know, running routes were like tight ends and running backs. So I'm like, what are we doing? You know? yeah. So uh, it was, it was, it was bad all the way around, and and it really stinks because that defense deserved a win. The defense the the
0: deserved to win, and and one of the things I've asked you over and over again, you throw the ball four times with Andy Dalton when Taysom Hill is on the bench in or at tight end in short yarded situations. Dalton wasn't bad; he was twenty of twenty eight for two thirty. Threw a touchdown. Olave uh, dropped the ball that would have probably ended up with another score. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taysom dropped the ball at the at the end that would have probably sealed it. And uh, that just what and I noticed another time. Dalton had to kick pinning out of the huddle, and the refs didn't see that because they had another 12-man late in the game. But <laughs> I don't know why they don't use Hill in short yardage situations.
4: Yeah, I, and and going back to Dalton, I mean, his stats are fine. I mean, he's really kind of putting the production together they needed at quarterback. I'm not saying he's been perfect, but even in the 49ers game, I didn't really put it on him. It was really a collective effort, whether it's you know Camara fumbling the ball or whatever. And you're right, the play calling has been – good, it, it just for situational purposes, you know, uh, just in the, in, the, in, in the situation they need, what do they need to do to get that first down, and they just haven't been making the right call. Uh, so, yeah, there's, it's, it's increasingly moving toward a deal to where the Saints are probably going to have to realize they have to make some pretty significant changes, if not with Dylan Sallin, uh, you know, with the staff as a whole.
1: All right, so Patrick McGee of com, you foreshadowed my next question. We all know something's got to give. If you could, if you were the general manager and things could happen, where would you start in either rebuilding or uh, juggling the Saints, the Saints personnel?
4: Well, I mean, I, I think I, it really comes. Obviously, you have to, you know, if you have to address the quarterback situation first, uh, you've got to let go. Some, you know, we've got some older guys that are still talented, can make an impact. Whether it's Demario Davis, Cam Jordan, uh, even Alvin Kamara, you've got pieces to move. If you want to get more draft picks, which they really need, they're not, they're not in a position to really, uh, kind of, uh, fix these problems through the draft this year. So if they want to rebuild, there's just a lot of pieces they can move around. I know it's tough and more complicated in NFL than some other professional leagues, but, uh, at some point they're going to have to think about rebuilding because they're getting, they're still good on defense, but they're older over there in a lot of positions. And on offense, obviously they don't have the, you know, they don't have the long-term answer at quarterback. And there's just a lot of things that have to happen. But number one, I think you got to make changes on the coaching staff before you really move forward with the rebuild.
1: And and the free agency is another way they could go, I guess. In retrospect, now was the signing of the honey badger a plus or a minus in your view?
4: I I, I thought not that he's played badly this season. I just thought was I I think that was really poor decision making uh, to trade away Gardner Johnson and not get much back. For him, and then you turn around and, and sign Matthew, who's been okay this season. He's had some good moments, but uh, he, he obviously wasn't the answer there. Um, they've got some Al- Alante Taylor. They've got some young guys on defense. Uh, linebackers are pretty good, but man, they just—they really made a mistake, I thought, by trading away uh, Gardner Johnson. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, they, uh, they've made more than one mistake. I was, I was going to say the line of the day from Patrick McGee is that guy is not the answer. There, <laughs> that's about five different positions. That guy's not, the, not the answer. Good well, stuff. Well, we're going to have some answers as far as the uh, the food and toy drive goes for Homes for Hope for Children. That's our next topic of discussion when this Wednesday's Eagle Hour continues after we burn this time out.
3: You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle
1: Hour. Southern Miss to the top. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill within the shadow of the rock at uh, near MM Roberts Stadium, right over the 49 Bridge on 4th Street, home of the 999. Uh, lunch big plates big blue plate specials that includes your soft drink and of course the big games are always on the tubes there trivia booty always puts together some good trivia contests you're like family at fourth street bar and grill great place to shoot some pool or darts as well we appreciate their sponsorship of the eagle hour this segment we want to talk a little bit about homes of hope and how you as an eagle hour listener can help make christmas a little bit better for kids at Homes of Hope, whether it's through a canned food drive that we're doing, uh, a toy drive. Super Talk Mississippi Telesouth Communications has partnered with Homes of Hope. And joining us on set now here in the studio is the interim director whose name might be familiar to a lot of Southern Miss fans. Richard Giannini was the athletic director from 1999 to 2012. I believe Mr. G and it's uh, he's the interim director in the first of the year. The Honorable Tony Mazingo will take over as director at Homes of Hope. And we welcome you. May I call you Richard? Yes. First of all?
3: Oh, yeah. No problem. With that.
1: <laughs> OK. okay. In, in the news, of course, we, we're not going to go back over all this. But but the, the Homes of Hope uh, has been through some real tumult uh, the past f- five or six months at no fault of the kids that live there. If, I can't imagine that anybody's not familiar, Richard, with Homes of Hope, but can you tell people just briefly what Homes of Hope is all about?
3: Well, it's a really special place, and uh, as you know, it was founded probably 16 years ago, and we have an incredible facility uh, between Purvis and Hattiesburg, uh, where we actually have uh, uh, four houses that can each uh, house up to eight children, and uh, we have uh, house parents in each house. and. Uh, in addition to that, uh, we have an office and comp, uh, office complex counseling center. Uh, we have several duplexes that are also a part of our campus. We've got a commissary that uh, uh, we keep all the food in, and it's uh, we've got a multi-purpose center, and it's it's really on a forty-six acre campus. And the incredible part of it is that. Uh, Uh, The ministry financially is whole. There's not a dime owed on it. There's never been any money ever borrowed to uh, operate the home. And it's just been through the generous donation of so many people uh, in the state of Mississippi, uh, uh, particularly in the Hattiesburg Pine Belt area, that uh, have been great uh, donors to, uh, to the facility and has made it what it is today. And and uh, we were just, uh, I was placed in an interim situation. I had just come on the board of directors, and uh, I was asked to take over as the uh, volunteer interim director. And uh, one of the uh, things that we had to do was uh, seek uh, an executive director, a new executive director. and and uh, but first of all we uh solidified everything and made sure that our children were fine which they are and uh, that uh, there were absolutely no issues on campus and we have uh, we've got a very vibrant uh, young group of children there that are really special children and uh, uh, i love every one of them and in a short period of time i've gotten to know uh, each and every one of them and uh, we really do provide a a wonderful home for these children and a real safe place for them. And uh, uh, it is a uh, Christian-based children's home, and uh, we've got a lot of wonderful activities for them. uh, But anyway, we appreciate uh, Super Talk teaming up with us uh, this time of year. We're always in need of food. Uh, As you can imagine, young children love to eat, and uh, uh, so we uh, feed them every day, three well three meals a day when they're not in school two meals a day when they are in school and uh so it takes a lot of food and uh it takes a lot of uh, a lot of things to make uh make it a great home for them and so this time of year uh, uh anything that uh, the public can do uh in terms of as you mentioned canned good uh, uh situations we really need n- uh, non-perishable food uh, would really help us uh and then also uh, any toys that uh, the public may want to, to uh, donate uh, from, you know, basically we got uh, children from ages 8 to 18, so uh, uh, we just can't thank you all enough for being a part of it and thank the community for what they've done. And and uh, as the interim director, I'm really excited about the board of directors that we have now. And Really excited about Judge uh, Mazingo coming on board January 1st. I think his leadership will uh, will take uh, the children's home to a new level, and uh, we're, we're really blessed that, uh, that uh, he uh, decided to, uh, to come on board and be a part of the organization.
1: I, I do want to know, Mr. G, though, why you looked at me when you said it takes a lot of food. <laughs> Us big kids uh, like to eat you know, too every oh, once yeah, in a well,
3: while. You know, we all like to eat. <laughs> uh, I, I <laughs> love to eat. And, uh, <laughs> I got I probably try to push away from the table more than you do. <laughs>
1: hey, we're going to tell everybody how they can how they can specifically come involved. I just have a real quick sports question. Retired now from the AD game with all the NIL things, the restructuring of the conferences, you probably couldn't be happier to be out of that mix now. Well, I
3: tell you, I've uh, I've been blessed. I mean, I loved my time at uh, Southern Miss. It uh, was a great period uh, for us and we had a lot of success. Uh, but uh it, it's a tough business and uh you know i just uh jerry McLean and uh uh the coaches out there this the nil and the portal has just made it a whole different ball game and and unfortunately the ncaa to this point has really not come in and giving them much leadership or governance of what they're doing and uh and and i and i fault them i mean they they, they kind of let it get out of hand and uh you know, who knows where it's going to go. So uh, I'm I'm enjoying life. Uh, fortunately, uh, after I left Southern, uh, I, I was going to retire. I was old enough to retire, but uh, ESPN asked me to run a bowl game for them, and I did that for about eight years. But uh, when I turned 80 this year, I felt like it was time that uh, I needed to, to go to the house. But uh, the ministry of the children uh, brought me back and it's kept me working. I tell everybody I'm in, I'm in my second overtime now.
1: Yeah, well, 80's the new 60. I, I want to call in uh, operations director, and producer, engineer Michael Mergens about locations of our, of our boxes and where people can bring canned goods and toys for Homes of Hope.
0: And they're all across Hattiesburg at all the corner market stores, as well as the Citizens Bank on Highway 98 West here in Hattiesburg the next Friday, the 16th. Uh, we're going to do a statewide broadcast with midday's with Gerard Gibbert from the Midtown Corner Market. You can bring items there, and then the Eagle Hour will also be live from there. And as soon as we're done with the Eagle Hour, we'll collect everything and uh,
3: distribute it to Homes of Hope.
1: And, and I want to spill my guts a little bit because I'm just laying it out there. It's it's been slow this year, mm-hmm. the 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 toy campaign and the and the food drive, and I think that. Because of some of the negative press that has been, you know, evolving the Homes of Hope. Remember, this had nothing to do with what happened at the home. had nothing to do with the kids that are there. And we can't lose sight of that. So I'm just, I'm imploring, you know, our our listenership to, to, um, you know, if they haven't, if they feel so moved that they would consider giving canned, you know, perishable, non-perishable items uh, and toys and take advantage of those boxes that are set up all over town. You know, and and again, we're going to be at Midtown uh, Corner Market a week from Friday. That'll be the day before the bowl game, before all the Eagle Nation heads down uh, to Mobile. So we hope that, uh, and as as Mr. G said, kids from ages 8 to 18. Right.
3: And Corner Market's also been a great partner of ours out at uh, the children's home. And uh, so we're, we're glad that Supertalk's a part of it and Corner Market and hopefully all the people in the community.
1: Right, now, what are some of the things that – and I want to talk about Judge Mazingo because, like I said, it would have been real easy for him to, you know, in the position that he was in, to just kind of kick back. But you said this was really on his heart that he wanted to get involved with Homes of Hope, and he will be the new executive director come January 1.
3: Yes, and uh, I think he'll do an outstanding job, and uh, I think it was a calling to him and uh, you know, his love for children and doing something special in the community uh, – uh, really drove him to make that decision, and uh, it's, uh, it's a perfect one, and he, he'll do uh, an outstanding job uh, being, uh, being a former judge, former attorney. I think he's got great credentials to, as I said, really take uh, the children's home to uh, the next level.
1: Final question for you, Richard Giannini, before we let you go. What do you think of the college football expansion of the playoffs?
3: Uh, you know I think it's good uh, you know it's uh, I just hope they protect the bowl industry because I, I, as I said the last eight years I've been involved with ESPN uh, with their bowl games and uh, and they do so ESPN really does a great job with uh, the bowl games that allow the, uh, the teams like Southern Miss the group of five uh, really have a home and a great place to go to a bowl game and uh, I just hope that uh, when when you take 12 off the top that uh, I know the first round will be played at uh, the highest-ranked home school, uh, but you're adding more bowls to the bowl system. And I just... Uh, I just hope that uh, they protect uh, the bowls that are really helping the group of five because I'm old school and I, I'm an amateur type guy. And, uh, and uh, you know, and, and w- w- I love to, you know, the bowl opportunity should be for everybody. And I hope that the playoffs won't affect the bowl industry.
1: Richard Giannini, thanks for joining us, telling us about Homes of Hope. And we'll be keeping you up to date, too, on how the drive is going. Thank you for being here, sir.
3: Great. Appreciate it very
1: much. We'll take a commercial break. When we come back, Luke Johnson will rejoin us and we'll count down women's volleyball. They've got a big uh, match today and talk more Southern Miss athletics. The Eagle Hour continues in a moment.
0: Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment on this Wednesday brought to you by DBAT and V1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. DBATHattiesburg.com. Great place for Christmas gifts. You can get it for uh, anybody in your family. DBAT V1, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson. Michael Murgans producing, Kelly Santer uh, in the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg, and Laurel. We'll uh, bring up, of course, you can listen to the Eagle Hour in a bunch of podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Audible. And uh, if you didn't catch uh, yesterday or Monday's episode of the Eagle Hour, go back and listen to that. We talked to Will Hall on Monday, uh, but Kelly... Yesterday, real, real important uh, for for people. I think a lot of people got excited uh, to hear about Jeremy's enthusiasm behind the expansion, the the reasoning behind that, and then some of the you know the future football schedules. And I thought that was a real insightful interview yesterday.
1: And he's and he's always been he's always said, "Ask whatever you want to ask, but then give me give me the respect to answer it the way I want to answer it." I said, "That's that's fair enough." I mean, the the America that I remember. You could ask questions and people could answer them, you know, the way they wanted to. The thing that that I left with it the most, and again, I'm painfully a money guy. I'm I'm so fiscally conservative. I want to make sure that whatever happens, there's money to pay for it and that there's not going to be any problems. And I just what I took from that interview is for the first time in a long time. And it's based on the season ticket sales. You know, as he mentioned, record ticket sales in baseball shattered again for the upcoming season. And we're not even there yet. Right. Uh, highest number of Eagle Club members, highest. uh contributions total contributions by eagle club members football season ticket sales so the financial structure of the athletic department is as, is as sound as it has been in a in a very long time and if for no other reason that's good news to me because yeah, I, I also absolutely. own a business and and i'm telling you uh, you just have to sometimes trust people that are that are older than you that if something happened to the southern miss athletic department uh, your businesses would suffer greatly. So even if your kids go to other schools, it's important you support the university.
0: Absolutely, of course. In that uh, interview, also he talked basketball. He talked uh, upgrades uh, to Red Green Coliseum. So be sure to go back and listen to that if if you missed it. Uh, just a reminder: season ticket holders for football and Eagle Club members get first priority until Thursday. This is your last day to get priority on bowl tickets for the Lending Bowl, Lending Tree Bowl, which is a week from Saturday coming up. So uh, be sure to get those, and then I think they go on sale for uh, the public tomorrow. Jeremy uh, has been really interactive on interacting with Southern Miss fans on on Twitter, um, and to make sure that that Eagle Club and and season ticket owners get that. Of course, uh, you can if you're if you're not a season ticket or Eagle Club, you can start getting tickets uh, as of tomorrow. All right, Kelly, we got postseason volleyball, Lady Eagles in the Elite Eight against Western Carolina in the NIVC. That's at 5 o'clock today, a big opportunity. I mean, this whole thing's big for Jenny Hazelwood. It's kind of unprecedented in year one, but uh, another chance today for the Lady Eagles to make some noise.
1: We talk about so much of the resurrection of the basketball program. Uh, when Jenny Hazelwood first took over the program, I really thought that she was kind of blowing smoke when she said, there's enough, there's enough talent on this team. To do great things, they they should have never had the record that they had last year, and we're not going to go back over all that. But but she was and it, she meant it. It wasn't just coach speak. She proved it that there was talent on the team, and then with the pieces that she brought in, I mean they're just they're having a great season, and possibly to get to the final four of any type of postseason tournament. You know how is that going to help recruiting? You know I, I mean amazing. Good luck to them. They play the Catamounts. Uh, western carolina today at five o'clock and i think that's on espn plus is it not
0: it is uh, there's a and you can go on espn plus or if you just go to the volleyball schedule there's a link um to it the the watch link they're up in is it is it Cullowhee Cullowhee north carolina
1: now that that's i a, don't know what it how do you spell it mark C- the date.
0: c-u-l-l-o-w-h-e-e
1: color sure Cullowhee. but kelly doesn't know that no, just south. No, the one time. So
0: so my dad actually knows where this is because he has friends in Silva. My dad goes to Maggie's Valley all the time, Joy's Pancake House. Big shout out up there. So it's it's kind of in between. Uh, let's see, if you just go south of Maggie Valley, that's where Cullowhee is, where the Western Carolina University is. Hey, but, you, were,
1: you were talking about the podcast, too. Uh, longtime baseball coach, Hill Denson, called me yesterday afternoon. I said, Coach, what's up? He goes, uh, he said, hey, man, tell me how this uh, these podcast things work. (laughs) Because he said, I'm driving in the car and I want to listen to today's show. And I told him, I said, coach, I don't know. I don't know. And if you're in the car, you're not supposed to be messing with your Phone or things like well, that's that. Why, like if you have no,
0: Alexa on your phone, just say "Alexa, play Super Talk Eagle Hour." That's
1: how. That's right.
0: Okay. And, I mean, all those all those long hours of Uber driving. That's what Hill Denson <laughs> wants uh, wants to listen. Hey, real quick, earlier in the show, Patrick McGee. You know, we're talking about that two lane win. They're playing the Cotton Bowl. I went back and just one of these games stood out to me the last time. You know, Southern Miss had played had beat a team that played in a major bowl. I don't know if this is the last time it happened, but 1990, Brett Favre and the Eagles beat. The Louisville Cardinals, Cardinals, 25-13 in the Rock. And Howard Schnellenberger, actually, that was his only loss that year uh, to Louisville. We hate Louisville on this program, so well done, number, uh, number 1990 uh, Southern Miss football. But that, that was one. They actually went to the Fiesta Bowl and drilled Bama 34-7 in, in uh, the Fiesta. Leave it to our research staff
1: to come up with that.
0: Good stuff. Well, appreciate you joining us today. We'll be back tomorrow. Bob will be back also as we get ready for a bowl game week from Saturday and more on the Eagle Hour. Two more days this week. Hope you'll join us tomorrow at one o'clock. For Michael and Kelly, I'm Luke signing off. Have a great day. And remember, Southern Miss
1: to to the the top. top.